time once again for our weekly wellness update. Here is our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis. Find her on Instagram at Go With Your Gut. Hey there, Laura. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. All right. We're going to uh, talk about this uh, concerning new data that is out today that says uh, hospitalizations for eating disorders, Laura, during the pandemic is up nearly 60% for girls between the ages of 10 and 17. And let's start, if we could, just, I guess, with a definition. What is happening when somebody experiences an eating disorder? Um, Most eating disorders focus on weight or body shape and what you're eating. Um, But some eating disorders are a mix of the combination of anorexia or bulimia. And anorexia is probably one of the most well-common ones that we've heard of, and that's just the refusal to eat or maintain a healthy weight and there's this distorted body image. Uh, where bulimia, there's that binging and purging behaviors and also using laxatives. But with eating disorders, usually it's a combination um, and or sometimes it, there's signs of it where people are super healthy, uh, constantly watching what they're eating, always wanting to be skinnier. And there's that distorted body image where they constantly look in the mirror and they say to themselves, I'm too fat, I'm too heavy, I need to lose weight. Now, according to this uh, research, uh, one of the things uh, driving this uh, astronomical increase, this 60% increase during the pandemic, has Mm -hmm. been social media. Can you talk to us a bit about that, social media's influence when it comes to eating disorders? Sure. I mean, I see it even myself as a user on social media with distorted body image. We see this initially even before social media in the magazines where there's this constant photoshopping. There's celebrities that have come out and said that they've had um, distorted body image issues or people look to, especially young women, look to um, celebrities as a figure, a public figure that is someone they want to be like. Um, But yet, you know, some of these celebrities have extreme surgeries, um, extreme weight loss journeys, and it's not realistic. And I find with social media, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and I know there's been uh, some talk about that when it comes to possibly uh, regulating social media, that uh, there are some things that uh, maybe we can do that uh, if a uh, photo has been uh, filtered or or touched up, that uh, users, uh, it should be incumbent upon them to uh, recognize that or tell their followers or people that are uh, looking at their pictures that these have been altered? Yep. I mean, we've seen that called out with, um, again, bringing it back to the Kardashians because they're really famous for their pictures and sometimes extreme dieting or even um, aside from the photos we see on TikTok uh, or YouTube, these extreme diets where public figures will go on and say, you know, try this, these starvation diets, try this for 30 days and look like me and lose weight like me. And that's not necessarily the case. So I think there should be some regulation around um or at least calling out, not necessarily in a negative way, but letting people know, like, these are not realistic images. Um, these images have been altered, especially with the Photoshop. All right. These uh, researchers also, Laura, found a link between uh, this rise in eating disorders and periods of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I think, and one theory is that um, with eating disorders, people look at it as it's a control mechanism. Um, with COVID-19 and anxiety, a lot of people feel that, especially kids, adolescents, that they can't control their emotions um, or they feel very anxious or have extreme feelings. And eating disorders are one of the theories is that a lot of people can develop them because it's a way for them to control their environment. Yeah, and obviously feelings of uncertainty, they've been heightened uh, during the pandemic and uh, is maybe uh, one of the leading drivers or causes of this nearly 60% increase of hospitalizations for girls with eating disorders, again, between the ages of 10 and 17. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, 10 and 17, it's, it's alarming that 60%. But I also think, too, you know, when people are at home, they're anxious, they don't know what they can control, consuming, going down that rabbit hole of um, consuming endless content on social media, maybe they feel that I can, they can relate to one of those figures and they want to look like them and be like them, and that might take their mind off of other things that they're feeling. All right, so feelings of uncertainty, social media, all uh, researchers saying uh, playing into this rise in eating disorders. Those are some of the causes. Let's uh, talk about recovery. Who should somebody connect with? Who can they connect with uh, when it comes to uh, recovery, Laura? Um, I think it's a combination of both, although this is not my expertise, but from my research, I really think, um, you know, having involving your family, that family-based treatment involving the parents, because there's a big misconception out there that it's actually the parents' fault, and a lot of the times it's not. So uh, working with your family, working with your family physician, um, again, eating disorders are also a mental illness. So working with someone that specializes in uh, eating disorders, uh, calling your pediatrician, especially if they're in the younger age group of 10, 11, 12, um, looking and working with medical health professionals. You really need to work with a specialist that have that counseling at least once a week, especially with the teenagers and their parents, and a psychiatrist that actually specializes in eating disorders and has that um, provides eating disorder programs for children and adolescents. Yeah, and just finally, I think it's so important to note this as well, Laura, that uh, what we're talking about here, the 60% increase in eating disorders for girls between the ages of uh, 10 and 17, uh, what we're talking about here is hospitalizations. And as uh, some of these researchers and officials are pointing out, this really is, Laura, it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I, I, and I find that alarming. Um, but again, I, if it's the tip of the iceberg, then what are the other causes of, of uh, these women having this eating disorders? Because it is a mental illness. It's not something where you can just put food in someone's face and say, okay, try to eat it. it it's it's more serious than that. It's a very serious illness, and I think that 60% is, is quite alarming. So I'd like to see more research done on this. I like, um, because it is a mental health illness, I think people should be talking about this a lot more. What are the steps for recovery? Um, how, what can we focus on uh, for recovery? And what are the obstacles getting in the way of recovery? Absolutely. As you mentioned, it's important we talk about this, an important discussion. Really appreciate it with you here uh, this afternoon, Laura. Thanks, as always. Thanks, Jeff. All right, there goes our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis. Again, you can find her on Instagram at Go With Your Gut. And we're back after a quick break here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Stay with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.